before we go into any of this, it's inevitable in any conversation, lecture, or sermon, anytime you hear something that slams up against your ideals or your mindset or your beliefs or your opinions, you basically have two choices. You can completely shut off and stop listening to the speaker. And then run through your mental checklist of why you, why you are correct and the one who is speaking is wrong. It, it's a natural tendency to defend our beliefs. Or, two, you can continue listening with the mindset that maybe I can, I can learn something new or I can receive a new perspective on something that I know and maybe have a better understanding of it. So when we jump into this, I would do my very best to be kind, to be sweet, but I promise I'm going to slam up against some of your beliefs. I am not doing it on purpose. I'm not trying to be brash, condescending, arrogant, or, or any of those words I hope you never call me, but I've been accused of being all of those, and I will be very tactful today, but I will make it men. You are the ones who your ideals and the things I say might have a fender bender. Because we're going to do really nice. We'll be very sweet. We'll be gentlemen. And we're going to talk today about what women wish men knew. Well, Pastor, what makes you think you have the right to say it? Well, one, I have the microphone. <laughs> Two, um, I've, been, I've been married for a long time and I have counseled. I've been, I've been pastoring for 19 years, married for 17. Um, I've never counseled a woman by herself. So everything that I've ever done is with my wife. Um, so one, that's the right thing to do. And two, um, you know, who do I, who am I to give just a man's point of view to a woman's issue? Women, you can say amen. Uh, so, Nora and I have been always a team when we do this. I am not a marriage counselor, so I do not pretend to be one. Um, but we've seen enough that if you took all of the complaints and all of the frustrations and all of the conflict and shook them up, what I'm going to talk about today would probably be the core of all of them. So what do you say? I think the only ones we talking today are the kids. <laughs> That's all right. I'm used to library preaching. It'd be okay. So what do you say we jump into this? Ephesians chapter 5, 25 through 28, reading from the message. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 28, the message reads this way. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words invoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. So as we pray, let's just get ready. So... Guys, listen, you'll get your chance to amen next week. But let's keep it light and let's see if we can't leave out of here in the next week or two 
better men and women, stronger marriages. What do you say? Let's pray and see if God will talk to us. Jesus, we love you. God, we give you honor. We give you praise. We give you all the glory. There is none like you. God, seeing that you instituted marriage, God, that's something that was your idea. So if it's your idea, then you have a perfect picture of it. Help us to be successful, not just in financial. Help us to be successful in the home. Help us to be successful in our marriages and relationships with our, with our children. God, help us. Help us today, God, to put our egos aside. Help us to listen, realizing that what we learn could make our marriages go from good to great, from great to wonderful. God, help me say something that won't just be catchy, that just won't be something worthy to write down, but God, let me say something that will change a couple's marriage. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. In the story of the creation of Adam and Eve, we find three things are evident. First of all, men and women are different. It's no mistake God created men and women to be different. We think differently. We do things differently, and we look at things differently as well. In recent years, researchers have discovered that men and women are different biologically and psychologically. Biologically, women have larger connections between the two hemispheres of their brain, a lower metabolism, a more active thyroid, smaller lungs, and a faster heart, just to name a few. Psychologically, women have different emotional needs than men. Women are more relationally driven than men are. They become an intimate part of their surroundings, and they need more time to adjust to change. Science has shown that biology has as much to do with our differences as does the way that we were raised. And if you take all these differences, they're so vast, it causes one to, to actually question how the attraction could be so great between a man and a woman. These differences, which also often drive us crazy, are the very things that we're attracted to uh, each other in the first place. Second thing we need to realize is that men and women need each other. God designed those differences for a reason, so that we might complement each other. I know I said it before, is that Nora does not complete me. I am complete in Christ, but Nora complements me. Why do I say that? For every single person, for every divorced person, for every widow, you are not complete by another human being. You are complete in Christ, but your spouse complements you. Just throw that in there because every time you talk about marriage, what about me, pastor? I, you are complete in Christ. So there's an inherent completeness which a man and women connect and bond with each other. Our partners make up for what we lack. When we're discouraged, uh, they are hopeful. When we are stingy, they are generous. When we are weak, they are strong. And the list goes on and on. God made us that way. It's no mistake. We need each other because we balance each other out. And third... Men and women were created differently to meet one another's needs for help and companionship. Genesis tells us that God saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone, that he needed a companion. So the woman was created as his partner to meet his needs. The man also found that now that he had the desire and ability to meet her needs as well, thus for each, listen to me, the other was a companion and helper. It wasn't good for, for man to be alone, so God created a woman. And as soon as she was created, the man says, you know what, this one that God gave me, I have the ability to, to meet her needs as well. And so they complete each other. Each one is the companion and helper of the other. As much as we balance each other out and complete each other, our differences 
if not understood and accepted, become the very source of confusion, frustration, and even division. Too often in marriage, we overlook the fundamental differences between the sexes and assume and even act like they're just like us. And then we wonder why they don't appreciate what we try to do for them, because in reality, we're doing what we want done to us. But couples who openly acknowledge their differences and appreciate them improve their chances of avoiding strife and increasing level of intimacy in their marriage. So today, ladies, ladies, women, sistering, we are talking about what women wish men knew. And so we're going to look at five needs of a woman's life and how you, husband, can meet them. The very first one is unconditional love and acceptance. Your wife needs you to surround her with your love and presence, your tenderness, and your desire, desire to help heal her. Especially during the difficult times, you'll have an opportunity to say in a very profound way through your words as well as your actions that you love her no matter what. It's a chance to show your complete devotion to her. Nothing is more healing and more powerful to your wife than loving her through their difficult times or at the point of their greatest pain. Points of pain vary from woman to woman. Maybe it's something that she did in the past or something that was done to her in the past. Maybe it's a struggle with a loss, a miscarriage, a death of a parent or a close friend. It might be a change of jobs, a relocation to a new community. A woman needs forgiveness, patience, and a safe place to heal. And there is no better place for that than in the arms of unconditional love. Author and counselor John Gray describes women as a wave because a woman's self-esteem rises and falls in wave motion. When she feels love, her mood will reach a peak and then like a wave will eventually come crashing down. And during those down times, suppressed negative feelings and unfulfilled needs come to the surface. Her deepest issues rise to the surface and often center on the relationship. But listen to me, they are emotionally charged from past relationships, maybe even things from her childhood. She begins to spend time and energy comparing herself to others, judging herself as inadequate. She secretly fears that others are better, stronger, wiser, more beautiful than she is. This can drain away her contentment as well as her confidence. It's during these times that she needs you, husband, unconditional love the most. If she feels love and support, it will help her through the process. Now, she may not be get better automatically, but it could help her to reach bottom faster, and then she can and will begin to feel better. And as suddenly as the waves crash, she'll rise up and be able to give love in her relationships again. Why is this an issue? Guys, look at me. It is our natural reaction during these times when the women is on the wave to pull back when the emotional wave crashes. Just get out of the way. Everybody stay out of mama's way. Leave her alone. Yet this is when she really needs you to draw closer. Our natural reaction is to pull away, withdraw, when the very thing she needs is unconditional love and acceptance. And guys, or ladies, let me tell you, you need it the most when we want to give it the least. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> This is not a problem, listen to me guys, to solve or fix, but an opportunity to support her with unconditional love. She needs someone to be with her as she goes down, to listen to her as she shares her feelings, and to empathize what, with what she's going through. Support a woman during these times is a special gift that she will appreciate and will allow future crashes to not be so extreme. 
Guys, we don't understand it because we don't ride the wave. We go to the cave. Different things. We don't understand it. Why could, this is great. Everything's terrible. I love everybody. Oh, God, the whole world's falling apart. We don't understand it. And our natural tendency for stuff we don't understand is to withdraw. And as soon as we withdraw, then the women feel like we don't love them unconditionally anymore because I'm going through bad stuff now. And all of a sudden, that, the, the, the roller coaster, that wave that crashes, all you have is emotions and there's anger and there's crying and there's tears. And you don't know what to fix because you want to fix everything. Guys like to fix and solve. This is not a problem to fix or solve. This is where you can actually show your support, unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, patience, and help ride the wave back up. Second is intimacy. Women spell intimacy with four letters. T-A-L-K. For many women, talking is the way to work through her feelings and thoughts and ideas and problems. This is the way women are hardwired. Talking allows them to process their thoughts and emotions. They think out loud, sharing the process of the inner discovery with an interested listener. Studies have found that men say three times as many words in public as they do in private, while women say three times as many words in private as they do in public. That's why these times of sharing are so important to women as they explore and discover what they think and feel. This allows her to feel more centered and ultimately feel better as a result. Emotional intimacy occurs when her viewpoint, listen to me, is validated, listened to, empathized with, and understood. How do we do it on these guys? The guys are not going to talk to me at all. So I'm just going to drink water, maybe have some coffee or something. This connects with the deepest part of her soul. Your wife needs to feel heard and understood. She needs to know that she has your undivided attention and are the most important thing to her in that moment. The woman needs to have you see and experience the world the way they do. In these moments, she isn't looking for advice or solution, but rather knowing that she is known and understood. She is looking to have her feelings validated and accepted. We've talked about this before. We are not good at validating. Women or men. I just get so mad. Don't be mad. So now you're wrong for being mad. Validating is I can understand why you're so mad. We don't validate. We try to bring everybody down from DEFCON 1 to just chill. As soon as women start going, la, 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 you don't validate, guys. You try to bring them down. This is the tower. Down, down, down. Land, land. And you, no, and so you don't validate. What you do is condescend. Don't feel that way. I'll stop being that way. Oh, my gosh, you're so dramatic. So we don't validate and accept what we actually do is try to dismiss all they need in these moments, listen to me, guys, I'm trying to help. All your wife needs in these moments is a listening ear, an empathizing heart, a comforting hug, a statement, a loving statement uh, of their feelings like you're under a lot of pressure, aren't you? Validate. Not, don't be so emotional. Why do you care so much what other people think? All of these things are not validation. What you're actually doing is, is saying you have no right to feel that way. Are you with me? Research states that a woman's need for emotional intimacy is as intense as a man's physical need for sex. Thank you. I'm about to get it. When people start running to church, yes, Lord, mm-hmm, hey. Guys, there's children in the room. How many times does that cross your mind in a day? Your wife's need 
to be validated and accepted, to have emotional intimacy is just as strong as the crazy stuff running through your head. You need to take this seriously. It is just as intense. If this need is not met, now this is where people get upset. Are you saying my wife is? No, I'm not saying your wife is nothing. All I'm saying is if, if this need is not met, she'll withdraw from you emotionally and physically to protect herself because she feels threatened, devalued, and emotionally unsafe from you. She may look elsewhere to have her needs met. This is why most affairs for a woman start as an emotional affair. He just gets me. Oh, really? Emotional. It's emotional. We talked about before. All affairs. It's not about skin. It's not about the intimacy, the act. It's always about the words. I am not saying that your wife is going to cheat on you. All I'm saying is that she cannot get emotional intimacy from you. She will get it somewhere else. Pastor, I hate you for it. That's fine. I hate myself sometimes. Don't worry about it. I am telling you the truth. You're going to find it. The third is spiritual intimacy. What? The women are like, this is not my need. Next. Spiritual intimacy for a woman can take many forms, but it includes her husband's own spiritual growth and their shared spiritual growth as a, as a couple. It encompasses their communication about spiritual matters like making decisions according to the Bible and how to apply the Bible to their lives and marriage. A wife also wants her husband's spiritual leadership in the home. Way too often, it's the wife who plays this role all by herself. A wife longs to experience the fulfillment that comes from knowing you love God and are willing to serve him by being an effective husband and father and by leading the way. I know it's not very in vogue in 2021, but I'll say it anyway because I have a gift for making everybody angry. <laughs> Your wife doesn't always want to be in charge. She may convince you that she does, but she doesn't. Every woman wants to have that alpha male say, baby, this is what we're going to do. And, and to be that leader, that husband, that father, they want that. They don't, can I just talk to guys, like the guys, the, the women go like this. They do not want some spineless yes man. They want their man to be a man, to actually lead and to love them and to love their children and actually be spiritual as well as, as physically intimate. They need that and they want that. See, Guys, start leading by example. Be the spiritual leader in the home by modeling a life filled with prayer. You don't have to stand on your dining room table and pray in old English. What I'm saying is, it is just model prayer with your kids, Bible study, service, volunteering, reading Christian books to feed your soul, and teaching and training your children in the faith. I'm going to mess with this is what they call meddling, Sister Connie. If your marriage is important to you, how many books on marriage have you read? How many Bass Pro Shop catalogs have you seen? We read magazines and books on stuff that interests us. If you have not invested in your marriage at all, I'll just get off that and tiptoe back over here. Go over here. I don't dream. See, your wife wants to grow spiritually, and you could be a big contributor to that, encouraging and supporting her in her spiritual walk. She wants you to pray for her and with her. She needs you to encourage her in identifying and using her spiritual gifts in the service of others, showing appreciation for her gifts and how God is using her. God called you the priest of the home, the head for a reason. Not to be big-headed. The priest of the home is supposed to lead and guide and help bring out the very best in everyone that's under your roof. She not only wants to serve God, but she wants to serve God with you. Find ministries where you can serve together. 
Be attentive to her spiritual journey. Place your wife's spiritual growth and holiness above your own. Be a spiritual leader and a cheerleader in your home, and especially for your wife. We, we, we've talked about it before. I, I think Sister Leslie said something about it last week. Is that I would defend my wife's ministry in public to almost more than a headbutt pastors. As I was evangelizing, does your wife sing? Nope. Does she play an instrument? Nope. Does she preach? Nope. What does she do? Oh, um, her ministry is to me. God gave her to me to be an intercessor and a prayer covering. So while I'm preaching, she's fasting and praying for the service. Is that all right, Bubba? She don't play. She don't got a tambourine. She, this isn't a talent show. But what I'm saying is that you need to find whatever ministry is for your wife and protect that and, and, and cherish that and say, baby, don't feel less. Not, not every man is going to preach. Not every man can play like Todd and, and, and sing like Todd and play like Rick. Not everybody can do so well as all our teachers do. Not everybody can do all that. I can't even turn any of this stuff on. If they're not here, I'm just screaming. I don't even know. I can turn the lights on in this place. I can't turn anything on. I don't, know how to, I don't even know how to log into Facebook. I don't need to do all that. I am not threatened by other people's ministry. Your wife should not be threatened by other women's ministry because you support her and you tell her that's is, is super important because God gave that to you. See, serving your wife's deepest needs and sacrificing that so she might pursue, pursue Jesus will bring a comfort and security that she's never known. Studies have found that a husband and wife who build their marriage on the commitment to pursue God, grow in their faith, pray with each other, and to serve others in Jesus' name will have a deeper connection, stronger marriage, more vibrant sex life, and greater longevity. There's a lot of reasons in there, boys, to pay attention to your wife's spiritual growth. Number four, moving on. Encouragement. Here's a trick question. Don't throw anything at me because my reflexes are slow. Who does your wife turn to when she's discouraged, overwhelmed, misunderstood, afraid, or when she feels like life's out of control? She wants to turn to you. That's when a wife needs you to offer support, listen, and seek to understand her feelings and be there for her. Most of all, she needs you to cheer her on. Your wife, whether she admits it or not, desires and craves affirmation. Affirmation. If they ever ask you, how does this outfit look? It's not about the outfit, Bubba. They are not wanting affirmation that they made a good purchase. Women desire and crave affirmation. A woman has a need to hear her husband say that she is the most important person in his life. It's not just enough to appreciate your wife. You need to tell her repeatedly. If encouragement from you isn't a steady part of your wife's diet, listen to me. Listen to me when I tell you, she is starving for it. If encouragement isn't a steady part of your wife's diet, if she doesn't get encouragement for you, I am telling you the honest of Jesus truth, she is starving for it. And if a husband doesn't appreciate and encourage his wife, she will turn elsewhere to get her needs met. And I'm not always talking about affairs when I say that. She might turn to anything else. Where, have you ever had a show? Like, Why do you watch the show? I don't know. It just makes you feel good. I like the show. It just calms me, relaxes me. I like the people. They just talk. What? Because people want to be appreciated and accepted. She will turn elsewhere to get her needs met. Women spend so much time supporting, helping and nurturing people in their lives. They don't always get the support and help and nurture they need in return. For a woman, a simple act or word of encouragement at the right moment can be a turning point during a struggle. In the days of the early church, Barnabas was known for 
as being a man of encouragement. Be a Barnabas for your wife. Encourage and affirm her. I read a quote that said, we live by encouragement and die without it, slowly, sadly, and angrily. Show your wife encouragement each and every day by noticing, appreciating, and verbalizing the nicest things you can say about your wife. Not only will you warm her heart, but you're going to feed her soul. Pastor, we're going to get to the good stuff. I promise you, man, this is the good stuff. Because everything that's going on, well, you don't understand. She's rude. You don't understand. She's so cold. You don't understand. I walk in the house. It's like a war zone. It's just like, it just feels tension. You don't understand. All of that stuff is stemming from some of these things. All of that. All of, you know, it's, we need counseling. Just, just listen. What you need is you need to understand that there's some basic needs that if you meet them, I promise you, a lot of your problems will go away. The fifth one is friendship. Friendship is a foundation to any great marriage. A good friendship with your spouse lays a foundation to support other areas of your marriage. Romance may fluctuate and wane, but friendship lasts forever. When a man hears friendship, what goes through your mind? Golfing, hunting, fishing, shooting some guns, watching football. A man is content for his need of companionship to be met by simply working along some, alongside someone or doing something together. But for a wife, it's different. When she hears the word friendship, she thinks of heart-to-heart communication. Boys, when's the last time we had some heart-to-heart communication? We don't do that as dudes. But that's what friendship is to a woman. A wife is deeply satisfied when she opens up to you and shares confidential parts of herself, and you respond as a close, caring friend. It's about risking and making yourself vulnerable through revealing your heart and soul to her. It's about sharing your hopes and dreams as well as your frustrations, disappointments. A wife needs you to be her best friend. And with that comes the reassurance that you will always be there for her no matter what. Now let me clarify. Your wife does not need you to be another one of her girlfriends. We're not talking about, hey, hey, you want to go shoe shopping? I'm not saying that. Go shoe shopping if you want to. I'm not talking about being another one of the girls. What I'm saying is she needs you to be her best friend, which is really hard, really hard. Why? Because we are not good friends to our spouses. You have a best friend that could tell you the craziest stuff, that they drank 100 Red Bulls and went to rob a bank. You'd be like, oh, man, you good? Let your spouse tell you something, and you don't respond the same way as you do to your best friend. It begins to be criticism, begins to be you're judging. I can't believe you say that. I can't believe you do that. I can't believe you think that. If you're going to act that way, you'll never have a friendship with your spouse. It goes both ways for the girls and the guys. She then knows that you're committed to her for the long haul when she can do that. Ladies, I'll let you know this. Guys would do a lot better if they know that you wouldn't jump all over them. Now, guys, you have to realize that friendship for your wife is heart to heart, which means you've got to turn the TV off long enough to hear what she's saying. But, ladies, if your man takes any of this to heart and begins to open up to him or to you and you jump all over him, you may never get that part back. Ever. Why? I won't make that mistake again. Because he can go down and watch the game with somebody, go shoot pool, and there's a whole bunch of guys that won't judge him for his stupidity. 
but he can go home and his wife will beat him verbally to death. This is just about the ladies, but I'm trying to help you because if a guy tries to do it and, and you don't reciprocate with the same love, forgiveness, patience, there's going to be problems. So if your man does this, this is huge for a man to open up. Because I'll tell you a secret. We think some crazy stuff. So if you really want that, you need to not be so judgy. But I can tell you, I can tell you that every man would love that his very best friend on earth was actually the one that he said, I do. He would love to be able to come home and share everything and know that he won't be judged, but he'll be loved. And I'd imagine women want to do the same thing. See, here it is. Your wife also needs a safe place to be yourself and know that she'll be loved and accepted. Wives need to know that they're safe. The deepest need of a woman is security. To feel safe in a relationship and marriage through her husband and a strong friendship allows her to feel safe. It means making time for and placing her first in your life. A woman's affection toward her husband is diminished when he prefers activities or other people over her. For a marriage to flourish, a wife desperately needs to know that she has a very special place in her husband's heart. If your wife doesn't sense the same excitement in you when you're with her, she'll have a gnawing sense of failure because she feels she isn't as attractive to you as your friends and other activities. What I'm talking about is, is coming home, working all week, and spend all day Saturday with the boys. Never making a Saturday ever for your wife. All that stuff. It's me and the guys, me and this, me and that. What your wife does is says, you know what? I guess I'm not as attractive as his activities. She needs to know. Because this can be devastating for her sense of personal worth and security. She wants you to spend time with her and she needs you to make, to take her friendship seriously. Give your wife the deep security she needs in your friendship. Build your friendship with such stability that when you face tough times, you'll find comfort and peace in the bedrock of your marriage. And the heart of friendship is respect and honor. This means you're careful what you say and how you treat her. Are y'all bored yet? No? You okay? You good, Chloe? Thanks, Chloe. I appreciate it. I love you, girl. That means you're careful what you say and how you treat her. You learn to hold your tongue when you can hurt her. You work to bring out the best in her. Your wife needs to know that you want what's best for her. She needs you to honor, honor and cherish her. You know you've been married a long time when they can read you. Women, y'all got this reading thing going on. Nora looked at me today and says, what's wrong? I don't like it when you're like that. She's like, well, you're just staring off in the distance. Well, that's, that's how men think. It scares the mess out of women. It's this look. What are you doing? I'm thinking. It's because the whole entire world is, is running around at 100 miles an hour, and you're just frozen. But you know it's cool when you can actually answer. That's when you know it. Because when she says, what you thinking? She's not wanting the one-word answer, nothing. That's not what she wants. So this means speaking to her kindly and respectfully and not berating or belittling her. It means putting her needs ahead of your own. It means speaking positively about her to others, recognizing and acknowledging her qualities and virtues. She needs you to apologize when you've hurt her and admit that you're wrong when you are. 
Guys, this list is by no means exhaustive. But if we can focus on these five areas and nail it, unconditional love and acceptance, intimacy, spiritual intimacy, encouragement, and friendship. Those five things. I know we're all Christians and we don't bet, but if we were betting people, I would put a dollar to a donut that one of the problems you have in your marriage is linked to one of those five things. It is not because she don't want to. It's not because what it is, it's those five things. Why? Because when a woman doesn't receive that, she feels threatened and unsafe and she will withdraw. It doesn't matter how many flowers you bring. It doesn't matter how many chocolates you buy. If you are not meeting those things, this is what she needs. I'm telling you again, unconditional love and acceptance. Even after 17 years, I just told my wife, I was like, you know what? We've been through so much. You know, I'm not going to no 20-year-old. I don't want a 20-year-old like, oh, these shoes are totes cool. You think I want a 20-year-old? No way. I've been with my wife so long, she knows. Now I don't even got to talk. She just knows what I need, what I want. She's on a good mood, bad mood. She knows the one thing to say that can change my entire day for good. And I don't want anybody. And she's like, baby, it's my birthday. And I was like, baby, do you still want me? Like, forever. They need to know that. They need to know that. I mean, you'd be an idiot trying to start over. And let me just say it this way. Lord Jesus, help me. What do you, th- you think a 20-year-old wants you? <laughs> Come on, man. Love the one you're with unconditionally and give her acceptance. Intimacy, that's spelled talk, bro. We spell ours differently. Talk, spiritual intimacy, what she wants. She wants you to lead. Now, ladies, if you want that, let them Because if you've relinquished the reins to everything because you would just rather say yes than actually lead, it's going to be very hard to try to take those reins. But ladies, if you want that, that means he has to lead, which means he won't do it exactly like you do it. Amen. I'll just amen myself. Thank you, son. Encouragement and friendship. If we would nail those five things, ladies, help me out. There's more ladies in here. Are those five things important? Okay. Thank thank you, thank you, thank you. Because we thought we were to get something real deep, Trip. They were were ready. Like, give me me a word I've never heard before. Give me something. Maybe maybe they sent a picture of exactly what they got to do from Mars. No, 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 bro. It's not. That's where we're from. (laughs) Nothing's coming from there. It's those things. So as you stand with me, we can have the kind of marriages that everybody thought they would have at the altar, but very few people do if we focus on those five things. I would, if I was a sub point somewhere in there, I would say, stop being so boring. Send a spicy text. Do something different, man. Take her out to eat. Leave them kids at home. Do something different. But now I need, guys, I don't want you to say anything out loud. 
I just want you to run through those five real quick in your mind. How are you doing? Be, you, can, you can lie to me if you want, but please don't ever lie to yourself. How are you doing in unconditional love and acceptance? Intimacy, spiritual intimacy, encouragement, and friendship. How are you doing? Now, this could be overwhelming. If we could all honestly say we probably could do better in all five areas. But what is the one area that you think you need to improve in the most? As we pray, I want you to ask God to help you focus on that. What do you say? If you're here with your spouse, would you grab your man?